Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So the Ukraine scandal, the thing that is imperiling Donald Trump's presidency, is not just a Ukraine scandal anymore. It's starting to encompass Britain, Italy, Australia, and a whole host of different kinds of presidential misbehavior, enlisting other members of the administration. We're going to explain what happened, what these things are, and why they matter today on Worldly, part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Zach Beecham, here as always with Jen Williams and Alex Ward. Hi. What's up? So, is everybody excited for another week of globe-trotting presidential scandals? Because Ooh. I am. I'm really pumped. Heck yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. All right, Alex. I love talking about scandals because that means that there are scandals happening, and that can only be good. What? I, I, I honestly do not understand your reasoning there. No, there, of course, isn't reasoning. This is bad. There are scandals and they are bad. All right. All right. Before we go completely off the rails, let's start talking about what actually happened. Now, the Ukraine situation we've we've broken down before. In fact, last week on the show, we explained how Trump was soliciting support for his investigation of Joe Biden from the Ukrainian president. It's uh, it's a whole thing. Everybody knows about it at this point. It's all over the news. But the confusing stuff is how all of these other countries, specifically Britain, Italy, and Australia, uh, play into it. Now, let's let's start with Australia. Jen, what's the what's the basic outlines of how Australia got linked in here? So we learned this week that Trump had apparently called the Australian prime minister and that Bill Barr, the attorney general, had also been talking to Australian officials. And it was apparently related to trying to discredit the Mueller investigation, getting back to this kind of weird conspiracy, the same kind of thing we saw with Ukraine. So here's what's going on. If you remember all the way back, I know we've all tried to forget it at this point, but if you remember all the way back for when the FBI investigation into potential kind of counterintelligence problems with the Trump campaign in Russia, that all was kicked off by this one kind of particular event. So this guy named George Papadopoulos, who was kind of a low to mid-level foreign policy advisor on the Trump campaign at the time, he is in the UK. And he decides to, I guess, have a few drinks. And he happens to have a few drinks with the Australian ambassador to the UK. So they're at this bar hanging out. Papadopoulos, in the course of chatting, gets a little too chatty. And it basically tells this Australian ambassador that, hey, I heard from this professor guy that the Russians have all this dirt on Hillary Clinton, including like thousands of emails. So this ambassador from Australia just kind of, you know, goes home and deals with that and just kind of processes that. And then basically all of this stuff starts coming out about the Russia, potential Trump-Russia connections. The Australian ambassador goes, 
oh, wait, I had this meeting with this guy once who's with the Trump campaign who seemed to know about this way before this stuff was revealed. That's kind of fishy. So he basically calls his American counterparts, and that kicks off the FBI investigation. So that's what really happened. <laughs> that's what, right? I, I like that we have to preface that's right. what really happened. So that's true. Before we get into Bonkers conspiracy world, which is what's motivating the presidential behavior here. Right. Where that was on the up and up, what Papadopoulos wants you to believe that there was something down under happening. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so good. You're fired. So, oh, no, get out of here. Leave, I'm so leave. funny. Okay, so here's the conspiracy, a.k.a. not the facts. So Papadopoulos, uh, believing or maybe feeling bad that he kind of gave the game away, now says, oh, no, I wasn't an idiot. I was a patsy. Effectively says that Alexander Downer, that Australian ambassador to the U.K., was a plant, was an intelligence cutout sent by Australian intelligence and also in connection with the FBI and the and the Obama administration and Democrats, basically to spy on the Trump campaign in order to help Hillary Clinton. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Of course it right? doesn't. <laughs> so the, the argument is that they kept it secret and the Australian government started an FBI inquiry that would only become a major issue for Trump during his presidency. To try to make him not be president? Right. One, here are kind of two straight up reasons as to why this makes no sense. One, none of this came out in the middle of the campaign, which you know would have hurt Trump more. And then two, Alexander Downer is a right-leaning guy from Australian politics, not really aligned with Democrats in the United States. So it makes no real sense why Alexander Downer, that ambassador, would be trying to spy on Papadopoulos or the Trump campaign in general. But that is the claim made by Papadopoulos and then echoed throughout right-wing media, and now it seems the president himself. Also, just a final point on this before we move on. Even if he were, right, like he isn't, but even if he were like a spy, you know, was sent by the Obama administration to spy on the campaign, that doesn't mean Papadopoulos had to say any of that crazy totally stuff. Totally right? right. Like, just don't say stuff about Russia that's super sketchy. Don't but, do the crimes. Yes. Do not try to collude with Russia, which is what he was doing, right. right? Like whether or not he wants to admit it, that's exactly what Papadopoulos was doing. Now, it's worth belaboring this point, how ridiculous this sort of overarching conspiracy theory that the Australian ambassador to the UK is working with the Democratic Party secretly, right? Like because this is the motivating factor behind Trump's outreach to the new Australian prime minister, Scott Morrison, Morrison, right? Like this is – this theory is animating very high-level U.S. diplomacy. Like in fact, top-level U.S. diplomacy with a really close ally. So Trump calls the Australian prime minister after he won his election and he tells him to – work with the U.S. government on investigating Papadopoulos' conspiracy theory. Now, I believe also Attorney General Bill Barr yeah. was involved. He has also in been contacting yeah. Australian officials trying to dig up, you know, get to the bottom of this. Um, and what's pretty interesting is that the Australian prime minister basically put out a very polite statement recently when this came to light saying, like, yes, we agreed to work with the Americans on Whatever they need, you know, basically like we're a really close ally. We really don't want to get in the middle of this, but we will work with you on investigating your crazy conspiracy theory. Now, whether that means they're actually going to like dig in and go to town on this or whether they're going to like file it in the circular file, a.k.a. the trash can, is another question entirely. But I think getting back to Papadopoulos and why he's basically trying to to throw this like all this these wrenches into the system and be like no i was a patsy it brings us to the italy situation right papadopoulos 
was contacted by a professor, Joseph Mifsud, in London, who's the one who, according to the Mueller report, was a Russian cutout, the guy offering Russian assistance and aid against Hillary Clinton. Or at a minimum had a lot of Russian contacts. Right, right. Had some kind of relationship with Russia. Cutout may be a little bit strong. You're right. So, so this guy reaches out to Papadopoulos, right? And Papadopoulos takes this back to the to other people in the Trump campaign. And it is sort of a, the starts of this weird – uh, intersections between Trump and Russia. Right. Or, and this is the stuff that the information that Papadopoulos gives to the, you know, says to the Australian ambassador. Right. Right. At that, like, drunken conversation. This right. is where he got that information was from this guy, Joseph Mifsud. Right. So in in reality worlds, <laughs> it, it seems very clear that Mifsud was relaying information from the Russians, or at least an offer from someone affiliated with the Russian government. In Papadopoulos' imaginary now, and what he's saying, and in, again, in uh, articles that have been written in, in right-wing press and so on, his view is that he is being played by Italian intelligence, not just Australia, but Italian intelligence, that somehow Joseph Misud, who does have some ties to Italy, was in the employ of the Italian government. And so the conspiracy reaches multiple different U.S. allied countries. Yeah, it was basically like a huge alliance to take down Donald Trump globally for all these countries, except that no proof of any of that exists in real world. Right. So again, fanciful, weird very hard to believe. But once again, the Trump administration is looking into it, as we learned this week, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, Attorney General Bill Barr and a guy named John Durham, who Barr has tapped to look into the origins of the Mueller probe to see if there was any corruption in the beginning, they went to Rome. And according to some reports, went to the embassy in order to hear a tape that Mifsud had uh, recorded along with Italian and authorities. In effect, Mifsud was worried about his own safety, and so he kind of was explaining the situation. And so they were there to hear the tape and get to the bottom of this possible Italian intelligence plot against Trump. I think this point is worth belaboring, like we did with the Australia section. Like, this is all part of the conspiracy narrative. This is all part of the administration using the instruments of the presidency, of the government, to investigate these conspiracies that make Trump look better than he actually does in this entire Mueller situation. Right. To be clear, it's not like a totally normal thing for the attorney general to travel all over the world investigating the president's wacky conspiracy theories. Right. Just to like put not too fine a point yeah. on it. But I'm that's not, not even a sure thing. that's ever happened before. Eh, probably not. I mean, it seems like something Richard Nixon, someone in the Nixon administration would do, but I, don't, right. I can't recall it happening. He just went to Brookings. <laughs> um, it's, it's worse. It's not odd for an attorney general to talk to foreign officials, by the way. Right. That's totally fair. Yeah, because international the, crime fighting, right, all absolutely. kinds of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. The, the issue at here is him traveling to investigate a conspiracy theory. That's that's what the the sort of like the whoa moment is. It, it's the substance, not the process exactly, that we're exactly. concerned about here. Exactly. This also extends to the UK, right? Because why not? <laughs> because all, all of this stuff happened. The meeting with Mifsud, the drinks with the Australian guy, all of it happened in London. Right. right? This All of Papadopoulos' various different, I would say, misdeeds, he would say – Conspiracy by America's closest allies to set him up for personal failure or something. I, I don't know. And so since it all happened in London and Trump has claimed that British intelligence, the GCHQ, which is their NSA equivalent, has been spying on him. And, and like there's all of this stuff that, that links back to Britain. And so 
Bill Barr has once again been in contact with British officials to work on this. And Trump has spoken to the new prime minister, Boris Johnson, who discussed extensively on the show, to try to enlist his help, much like he tried to enlist Scott Morrison. So now it's interesting. There's something that ties these two men together. Both of them are right-leaning, sort of right populist in their own way. Both of them were recently elected, and both of them were preceded by people that Trump didn't trust very much, or at least that's according to a new CNN piece that came out just on Wednesday night, the night before we were taping the show, in which case, according to CNN's sources, Trump was reaching out to these people because they were new and he thought he could enlist them in his uh, conspiratorial worldview and theorizing. There's also, remember, I don't want to skip over this, there's also the Steele dossier, which you might remember is the source of a bunch of super salacious accusations about Trump-Russia collusion. The P-tape. Uh, the P-tape, including, <laughs> yes, that there was a tape that the Russian government now has of Trump watching prostitutes urinate on a bed for some weird reason. Um, it's full of all these kinds of allegations of Trump working with Russia and in Russia having dirt on Trump. Um the vast majority of those accusations and claims have not been proven, have not been established, were not established in the Mueller investigation. Now, that Steele dossier came out after this FBI investigation had already been started into the Trump-Russia connections, right, which, again, was kicked off by that Australian meeting with, with Papadopoulos. However, Trump, Papadopoulos, et cetera, et cetera, all these people claim that it was really the Steele dossier that kicked off this whole investigation and why that matters and why that matters to the UK is that Steele dossier is named for Christopher Steele, who is a former British intelligence operative. So, again, connecting back to the UK, this kind of idea that it was this vast conspiracy of, you know, spies and ambassadors from Italy, the UK and Australia and maybe Ukraine, because let's throw them in there. Why not? Because it's a natural alliance, not all working together to like thwart. Trump's ascendancy and his candidacy. And what's remarkable uh, is that all of this, when you put it together, uh, it, it amounts to essentially a major foreign policy initiative by the administration, right? Like what they're doing is trying to orient relations with four fairly important countries uh, in, in their own varying different ways around Trump's view of domestic politics. And to my mind, the Ukraine scandal is, is the clearest example of Trump corrupting U.S. foreign policy towards his own personal ends. But these other countries are, are all being linked in that effort, right? It's all an attempt to develop political ammunition for the president uh, right. in the 2020 election. And now we're, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to unpack the implications of what it means for the president to be launching this kind of initiative. Welcome back to Worldly. Uh, we have been talking about the international scope of Trump's various different unfolding large scandals. And, and now I want to zero in on why this is uh, so concerning from a foreign policy standpoint, right? Like it's, it's very obvious, I think, at the, at the outset, and I've written about this for the site, that what's happening here is the president – equating his own personal interests with the interests of the United States as a whole. Like he cannot tell the difference between what is politically good for Trump and 
what is in the national interest of the United States. Either he can't tell the difference or he doesn't draw a distinction. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, one or the yeah, other. Yeah, either he – I think for me personally, he just doesn't see a distinction. We also know that he's immune to new information in a sense, right? Because we've known from – we already know now, thanks to uh, Trump's former Homeland Security Advisor Tom Bossert, that Trump officials continuously tried to dispel him of the Ukraine conspiracy, like all the time. Like continuously being like, no, Ukraine didn't interfere in the election. It was Russia. No, Ukraine doesn't have this server. You know, it's like, and yet he, it's just the thing he continues to believe. And he's putting pressure on the Ukrainian president for it. He's, uh, you know, Vice President Mike Pence reportedly also talked to Zelensky about it. Um, remember, John Bolton met with Zelensky in August before that military aid was released. So who knows what they talked about? Like, this is clearly a, a part of the effort. And it's remarkable to me because. You know, conversations between leaders happen fairly often, but they're important conversations. They're they're used to really unstick the the thorniest issues between two nations, or at least talk in really in brass tacks about what's going on. And wasting time on these conspiracy theories is a massive mistake because you've got you know Ukraine is worried about a Russia a war with Russia and, and trying to get closer to the West Australia is an important intelligence ally we're working with them on North Korea uh China trade etc you've got Italy which is has its own domestic issues but is a vital NATO ally same with the UK and and UK also an intelligence partner so like that's what Trump should be focused on and instead he's got these conspiracy theories in his head that he believes are more important issues of state. Right. And what struck me when the news came out that he had a conversation with Boris Johnson in particular, you may remember that Boris Johnson is a little busy right now dealing with something called Brexit. Haven't heard of it. Right. Like this We've is... We've never spoken about this before. <laughs> the show. We should really cover Brexit on the show. <laughs> yeah, we should make a note of that. But, you know, this is like this massive crisis that the UK is dealing with politically. And, you know, the US is very important in that conversation because the UK is pulling out of the European Union and is part of that kind of agreement or part of the deal of why that was supposed to be good is that they could renegotiate unilateral trade deals on their own terms, right, with other countries. And so a huge important part of that is for the UK to be able to negotiate a new trade deal with the United States, right? If Brexit is going to happen, they are going to need really good trade deals. Trump knows that. They've talked about it before. He has talked about it before publicly, uh, about, you know, wanting to make a great deal. So even in that conversation, even if Trump never mentioned anything about a trade deal, right, even if that never came up, both of them, Boris and Trump, know that that is in the background, that the UK really needs the United States for help, essentially, on, on making a trade deal that is favorable to both of them, but that will help them survive pulling out of the EU. Now, if you're Boris Johnson and you're on a phone call with the president of the United States and he starts launching into a long, I assume, rant uh, about this conspiracy theory and saying, you need to investigate this stuff. Again, even if Trump never says anything about leverage or, you know, quid pro quo we talked about with the Ukraine situation, that's got to be in the back of his mind, right, of Boris's mind. Like, uh, I guess I'm probably going to have to tell Trump, OK, I'll work on your stupid conspiracy theory thing, even though it's wacky and insane and I have more important stuff to talk to you about. Uh, yeah, let's just talk about your conspiracy theory. And that's the problem here is that these conversations like there are very serious foreign policy issues that need to be worked out with these countries. You mentioned Australia. There's also, you know, the issue that came out in a previous conversation with, you know, the Trump had with Scott Morrison uh, about, you know, taking U.S. taking refugees and asylum seekers. Uh, so there are all kinds of really important issues that should be happening on these calls. And instead, very embarrassingly, to my mind, these leaders are having to sit there and listen to Trump drone on about these wacky conspiracy theories that are completely unproven, that his own intelligence officials have said are not true at all and 
stop it and leave it alone. And they just have to sit there and go, mm-hmm, yes, Mr. President. Mm-hmm, okay, great. It's also – it's not just that there's an opportunity cost here in terms of like actual policy, though that's clearly a problem, right? It's that it represents a, a way, an avenue – for the suborning of American foreign policy. One thing we talk about a lot with Trump uh, that I think we should probably talk about even more are the ways that his business interests, particularly as hotels, have served as avenues of influence for foreign powers. There was just a story recently about how there had been massive reservations at a Trump hotel, I believe in Scotland, and no one actually stayed in the rooms, right? So the question is, why is somebody booking up a bunch of unused rooms at a Trump property? Well, the answer, like it answers itself, right? It's because the president has created a way in which people can get his attention, get him to like them, and in return, ask for policy favors. Likewise, with these various different investigations into his domestic political enemies and his own personal flights of fancy about where, why everyone who's going after him is malign, evil, international plotters, etc. If you're a foreign country, you want to play ball and maybe even, and this is like sort of a concerning thing that I hadn't thought about until this morning, manufacture evidence right. if you want to. Like we got to find something for him. Right. And there's so much pressure from the United States, the world's most important country, biggest military power, most significant economy, right? Like if you want to curry favor with Washington now, you want to flatter Trump's worldview. And that that's kind of terrifying. Just to give an example of that, we talked already about the Trump-Zelensky call, but go back and read the transcript if you haven't. Because on the and, and focus on the Zelensky side, because Zelensky is constantly talking about Trump. I modeled my my campaign after you. Love the state of the Trump Hotel. You're so great. Why aren't people as smart and beautiful and handsome as you? Like, like it's, that, it's it's bad when you read it. It's like embarrassing. Super bad. And I can only imagine that's how other leaders talk to Trump. And that's what happens when you know American foreign policy becomes how to keep Trump happy. And I just want to say there's one additional thing that I think is really important when we're talking about this beyond. The foreign policy implications, which obviously is what we're focusing on because that's what our show is about. But just at a like, really fundamental level, what disturbs me the most about all of this is that Trump apparently very clearly actually believes these insane conspiracy theories, right? So before now, a lot of us, I know I in particular, was like, okay, I don't know if he actually believes this crap, right? Like, he's probably just pushing this narrative like, oh, I was set up because it's politically expedient, right? It's useful to be like, oh, I was set up and then, you know, rally the base and blah, blah, blah and make the Democrats look bad. Like, that's, you know, a savvy political move, I guess. But it's a different thing if Trump actually, like, in his head and his heart believes these really crazy outlandish conspiracy theories that there was this global multi-country conspiracy among America's closest allies to thwart Trump. And again, none of this is even remotely true. None of it has been proven. It has nearly all been disproven actively. But Trump apparently believes this. Like, if he didn't believe it, then he probably wouldn't be sending actual officials to investigate it because, like, there's nothing there, right? But he's literally sending Bill Barr to these countries, like, to Italy to be like, dig this up because I think there's some there there. Like, that is disturbing. The president of the United States believes, like, Reddit conspiracy theories. That's not okay. Reddit is generous. Yeah. <laughs> 8chan, 4chan. I, I all, mean, all the chans. Fox News. But right? Like, am I alone here? Chan like, stuff's way weirder than this as somebody who, who lives in that world way more than I'd like. <laughs> right. But I mean, 
I feel like, you know, the next thing is going to be like he's going to be a, a believer in Q. Like, it's just crazy to me. There's a, an interesting piece in The Atlantic uh, from George Conway, Kellyanne Conway's husband. A lot of it is like this aggressive attempt to diagnose Trump with various different psychological maladies, which I, I don't really want to touch with a 10-foot pole. Nope. Um, but – the things that are interesting is this is somebody who's in a position to have interacted with the president and know a lot of people in his inner circle. His wife and, literally is like the top spokesperson. Right. So. And, and in Conway's telling, uh, it is the case and, and it's extremely worrying that Trump does – he's come to not only lie to himself but believe his own lies about – why the world is out to get him and everything centering around him, right? It's to the point where it's difficult to tell if he is capable of drawing distinctions between what, you know, what he says for public consumption to rally his supporters and so on and, and what he actually believes in his internal world. Yeah, between fantasy and reality. Right. Uh, and, and that's shaping the conduct of American domestic and foreign policy right now, uh, which which is worrying. And it's also not just Trump, though. And we, we sort of skated over Bill Barr. I've mentioned him. But it, it's really striking that it, it isn't just the person at the top engaging in personal flights of fancy that everybody else is, is ignoring, which happened uh, somewhat early on in the Trump administration when you had right. the maddest, quote unquote, axis of adults who were – working to undermine the president while also working for him. I think it's fair to say that in hindsight. Agreed. Now you have a bunch of people who understand that if they do that, they get fired or publicly humiliated or both, most likely. And that means that they're indulging Trump. Right. And it's not just Bill Barr. We saw that with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Alex, you wrote a really great fiery piece for the site about this. Yeah, Pompeo's a Trump lapdog. All he'll do is protect himself, protect the president, no matter what. Uh, when it came to Ukraine, he never defended the ambassador that got recalled. He lied about being, or at least feigned ignorance about being on the call with Zelensky. Now we know he's on the call, um, et cetera, et cetera. And this is just a constant playbook for Pompeo. That he will, His number one priority is always defending and protecting Trump instead of actually doing his job as either CIA director or secretary of state. And so this is part of the Trump playbook, that anyone that comes into his, his orbit inevitably becomes part of kind of the racket. In fact, I think it's this is a pretty funny thing. Uh, when Pompeo got moved out of CIA to state, apparently a bunch of CIA officials had a quote-unquote emancipation day party because Mike Pompeo was so unpopular in the way that he bullied them and threw them under the bus when Trump attacked the intelligence community and so right. on. Right. And, and it goes back to this kind of fundamental point we've been talking about, which is that Trump is basically mustering the power of American foreign policy and the institutions of American foreign policy to pursue his own, you know, quixotic kind of adventures abroad and pursue these conspiracy theories. We saw, you know, Mike Pompeo, but the State Department itself be pulled into this. So, you know, you had Kurt Volker, who was the U.S. envoy to Ukraine. Uh, apparently, he was involved in, like, setting up contacts between Rudy Giuliani, Trump's personal lawyer, and Ukrainian officials. He's now been pulled into this. He's since resigned from his role, but he's giving a deposition to Congress today about his role in that. And so, again, it's not just Trump and it's not just even Bill Barr. It's now spread to several different organizations in the U.S. government, which you want to talk about opportunity costs. There are other things they should be doing as well, right? There are other policies they should be enacting. So I feel like my final point on all this, like it'd be one thing if Trump was acting so corruptly and 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 doing all of this based in on reality, right? That would be kind of 
better. But all of this craziness is happening because he believes in conspiracy theories, which makes it almost worse. I mean, I, I don't know about that, right? I think the, the the scandal, the thing that really gets at me about all of this is, as Jen was just hinting at, the enlistment of the resources of the United States federal government into the pursuit of one man's political interests from the top and going on down, right? When you have cabinet level officials who are getting their subordinates to do what Trump wants and act in this fashion, then you have essentially a whole of government Trump reelection campaign, which is not in a democracy how the system is supposed to work and why. It's the exact opposite, in fact, right. of how the, it's supposed to the work. The entire point of a democratic political system, I mean, one of several entire points, but <laughs> one of the major ones is that the government works on behalf of the people. It doesn't work on behalf of the leadership. The leadership are the servants of the people, right. not its emperors or kings or leaders in the sense of like absolute leaders. Right. But Trump doesn't. Obviously, doesn't understand the sort of basic democratic principle. He's shown no interest in them, and it, it's an exemplar both of the president's uh, authoritarian impulses and the way in which his continued time weakens both American foreign policy and the the foundations of what American democracy is supposed to be. It's gone global. All right. Well, um, I'm getting mad, so I think we're gonna we're gonna sign off before I get too angry. Uh, I want to thank our producer Bird Pinkerton, who is uh, globetrotting currently, uh, generally doing some cool stuff, which you'll hear about in the future. Or finding and, secrets about the Mueller probe. Yeah, that's. Oh, <laughs> she's yeah. actually investigating. She's she's working with Bill Barr. <laughs> ah, yeah, Bird. I knew it. I knew she was a trumper. Um, and I want to encourage all of you to rate and subscribe and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And I also want to thank Malachi Brodus, one of our various different people here at Vox who can fill in while Bird is globetrotting and did a great job uh, helping us get this episode through the door. Thanks a lot, y'all. Bye. <laughs>